Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 139, and today we're going to be in John chapter 15. And I kind of have a title for today. For this, uh, for this chapter, Jesus Against the Grain. We're going to see three pieces of Jesus' character that goes against the grain of modern culture. And we're going to critique, really critique a few things within modern evangelicalism as, as well. And I think this will be particularly helpful for you today. I hope you're doing well. hope you're having a great morning if you're listening or watching in the morning. Uh, or whenever, you know, whenever you're watching this. hope you're doing well. Let's go ahead and pray. Ask for the Lord's help. And when we pray and come to Him, we know that He gives... Uh, gives help. He answers prayer. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. I just ask for, I just pray that you would lead. Help me as I'm speaking about John 15 to be helpful to the people that are listening in. I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the listeners. God, I thank you for sending me people that are, are listening and being encouraged. And I pray that this would be helpful to as many people as possible. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you want to help me out, you can. You can send me money, $50. A month is going to be the cost that uh, of operations around here. And so if you want to send a check to 325 Ashwood Lane, you can do that to the Shepherd's Crook, and that would be helpful. If you want to buy one of these hats right here, the Shepherd's Crook hat, you can find them on the Instagram page if you're listening in. And send me $20, I'll send you a hat. And then I'm going to be coming out with a few new designs, like I said last week. But I've had reports back from a lot of guys that have these hats, and they seem to like them. It's a mid-profile hat. So it's not a foam dome. It doesn't sit way up high, you know. But that's just a way for you to support us, support the work, and also get a little bit of uh, swag. If you want to share the posts or share the podcast, if you want to leave a rating or review, that would be helpful as well, and I would very much appreciate it. John 13. We're continuing this series in John, and I just want to see, want you to see pictures of Jesus throughout the Gospels and critique through seeing who Christ is, I want to really critique and help sharpen your understanding of pastoral ministry as you're thinking through how to navigate difficult seasons and, and you know, your life and family and building a healthy ha- household and uh, really an, an anti-fragile, to use a term that everybody's using right now, household and to just shepherd the way Jesus shepherded, to live the way Jesus lived. And we've been critiquing a lot of mo- modern culture and society, but also evangelicalism along the way in the ways that is, is good to be you know critiqued. You don't want to over-critique anything and just be a, a nitpick nag about anything. But in John 13, we see three big pieces. Number one, we see Jesus' special or particular love for his own, for his bride. You see this right in verse 1. Here's what it says. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, a quick side note about preaching through the Gospel of John. If you've never preached through John, it's a great book to preach through. And it it breaks up into two, into halves. The first half of the book covers the first three years of Jesus' ministry. And by the way, the the chronological order of three years of Christ's ministry comes from the three different Passovers that we see in John. So that's where we get the three years. But the second half of the book covers the last week or Passion Week of Christ's life. And so it's a really nice breakup. And so now we're into the second half of the Gospel of John up into chapter 21, and it's the last week of his life. But we see that Jesus loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. 
his own, and them. This is special, particular love. You see this through the Gospel of John. You see it in passages like Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. There's a particular nature and a special love that Jesus has for his bride, for his church, for the sheep, for the elect. This is so important throughout the New Testament. It's so important in the Old Testament as well. But even in today's world, we have a one-way understanding of the love of God, and I think the world does and the church does, and they don't understand the nature of the different aspects of God's love. D.A. Carson has a great little book that you can read. It's called The Difficult Doctrine of the Love of God. I think that's the title. If it's not, then you can Google that phrase and find the book. But Jesus' love is clearly through the through the New Testament. It's not like it's a you know gray gray at all, or there's you know confusion about the love of God. The, the love of God in the New Testament in the old is very particular and it's 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 uh, layered so jesus has general love for the world god has general for god so loved the world and i take a different route uh, an approach than aw pink does in sovereignty of god about the love of the world in that passage but i love pink read pink i take a different understanding of, of john three sixteen. there is a general way in which god loves every man woman and child who's ever lived who's ever been born a general way this is seen in the life of Jesus as well. We have passages that God sends rain on the just and the unjust. There is a general benevolence or general love or care through God's common grace that is seen and displayed throughout the world. But then passages like this are so clear. And I mean, particular redemption, and you know, when people talk about the five points of Calvinism, if, or you have a four-pointer or a five-pointer, the, the point that everybody talks about is limited atonement. And I think particular redemption is the clearest maybe the clearest point in all of the five, because there's particular statements all throughout the Bible about the specific or the special love that Jesus has. Now, if you think about Jesus going against the grain of the world today, the world has a just such a thin and shallow definition of what, what love is. They don't have any definition whatsoever for true sacrificial love. And love is equated with acceptance. If you love me, you'll accept everything about me. And that's not at all what Jesus did. And, and so when we're living our lives, we should model special or particular love. We're going to see that here again in the third point. When we, all the love your neighbor nonsense that's been happening, we are to love our neighbor. I, when I say nonsense, I'll clarify what I mean. Clearly we're to love our neighbor, but we're to love our neighbor in the biblical way, not in the way that everybody's screaming at us to love our neighbor. Love your neighbor with like, you know, blood veins bursting in your eyes and, you know, ripping your hair out. Love your neighbor! Not that kind of love your neighbor. We should have particular love and specific love. We should love our wives specially. We shouldn't love all women like we love our wives. The whole foundation of the commandment, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church the found, and gave himself up for her, the whole foundation is limited atonement. The whole foundation is special or particular love, the particular aim of Christ in his death for his bride. Therefore, husbands should spe specifically and sacrificially lay his life down or serve, love, lead, his wife in ways that he's not for the world. I mean, if I just said, honey, I love all women the way I love you, my gosh, that's horrific because the world doesn't have a definition and most of evangelicalism does not have a definition for the special love of Christ. So number one, the special love of Christ. Jesus loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. And you dare to have special love. Love your wife specifically. Love your church specifically in a different way than you love all the church. Love your local assembly in a way that Yes, you love the church, but you love your local assembly. Now, secondly, 
Jesus washed feet. Jesus was a servant. This is astounding. He even washed Judas's feet, which you've all pointed out or seen as you're reading through the Gospel of John or preaching through the Gospel of John. In verse 12, when he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garment and resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You're right, for so am I, so I am. For if then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to also wash one another's feet. For if I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And I think verse 16 is commentary on verse 14 and verse 15. That This example that's set is not specifically, it's not limited to washing feet, but it's about being a servant, that a master is not greater than a servant. Jesus came to serve. That's what he did. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. There's another particular redemption verse. But as a servant, you're flying in the face, flying in the face of the world today. I mean, get yours, get mine, put yourself first. This is the self-love, self-culture that I've commented a lot about that you've probably critiqued and recognized the danger of. Putting yourself first and asking everybody else to sacrifice for you is not the path for a good life. That is a path for becoming more and more conceited, more and more self-consumed, and that leads to death. It does not lead to life in this world, and it certainly does not lead to eternal life. Jesus came to serve. The second way in this chapter Jesus is going against the grain of culture in the world is he came to serve. And then the third, third way really is a critique on modern society and COVID culture and church COVID culture. Here's what he said. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Now get this, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, here's what's happened in the last two years. Well, I mean, really longer than that, especially within Big Eva. Big Eva throws other Christians under the bus. Just think about Ray Ortland a couple months ago, or maybe a month ago now, talking about the death of, of Bible Belt culture and, and wanting to see that die. How many Christians are thrown under the bus who love just CCM Christian music? They love going to Christian concerts. They want the nation to know and love God. There, Of course, there's some cultural Christianity wrapped up in that that's unhealthy, of course. But there's many brothers and sisters who are caught up in that. And there's many brothers and sisters that just love Jesus that are thrown under the bus. Here's what happens. It is the cool thing to do now for Christians to throw each other under the bus and talk about loving their neighbor and loving the world more than, they, than we love each other. And Jesus tells us, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, not if you love all the people. The people will recognize the special and the particular love that we have for each other, and they'll think, huh, they're disciples of Jesus. That's different. They're not bowing down to me. They're not making me the center of the universe. They're not screaming, love your neighbor, and casting their brothers and sisters to the side to roll out the red carpet for evil people. That's interesting. Friends, this is crucial. Love the people of God. Don't throw Christians under the bus and sacrifice loving the brothers, loving the sisters, for loving the world. If you love the world, the Bible says, he who loves the world is in enmity with God. I mean, you're, you're at war with God if you love the world. And that's what's been happening. We've been confusing what love your neighbor means with actually loving the world. And that does no good for anybody. I'm telling you, it's not helpful. And the mantra, love your neighbor, the way it has been used the last year and a half has been absolutely despicable. The way Big Eva has thrown other Christians under the bus instead of loving them 
and loving them as family and loving them as sisters or loving weaker brothers, we've, we have literally, we look around each other and we cast weaker brothers out like crazy. It's unbelievable. We have to love each other. And so here, I've got to apply this to myself. We have got to love even the big Eva people. Not love what they're doing, not love, but we have to have compassion on them as brothers. Not a passion, not compassion on apostates. We shouldn't have brotherly love for those who we should call them out. We should call people out, but we should make sure that we're doing it in, in love. Friends, this is counter everything. It's going against the grain, everything that we see in the world and in a lot of Christianity right now. It is loving one another more than we love the world. All people will not know that we're disciples of Christ if we love all people, but if we love each other. This is so crucial. Guys, have particular love because Jesus had particular love. Serve in the way that Jesus served. Don't put yourself first. Sacrifice for the good of others. Make sure that other people fight and lead by making sure that other people are living life well, that they're doing well. You're, you're living in such a way that you're making the lives of other people better. Your family first and then the rest of the people around you. That's lead in that way. Lead in that way. And then finally, love each other. Look at the people around you. Love the church that's in your home. Love your family. Love your local church. And love your regional church. Just love the people of God. Speak well. And then fight for God's glory in that manner. Guys, I hope this has been helpful. I want to do the best I can to help you and equip you to think through pastoral ministry in the way that Christ shepherded people. Let's shepherd people. And uh, if it's at odds with what the, the, the cool kind, you know, the cool table tells us to do, then who cares? We want to follow, follow Christ, follow in his footsteps. Um, he's our king. Jesus is king. I hope you have a great day.